Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails, done. Outfit, stunner. And my skin, I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. The following is a high-five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Could it happen here? It may be. I, Robert Evans, host of this podcast, um, to introduce this today's episode, which is not my episode. It's it's Andrew's uh, episode. So, hello, hello. How how are you doing, Andrew? How how do you I'm feel good. about that introduction? I'm good. I think it's um. Could use some work, but you know, workshop yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, we we never workshop anything. We just we just roll right ahead. Um, yeah, so abolish without... work and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Abolish introductions. You know, start <laughs> in the middle. Well, why don't we just do that now? In media res podcast. Yeah, we'll make every podcast like Finnegan's Wake, where the opening of the podcast is like halfway through a paragraph that the end of the paragraphs or the end of the episode starts. Every everything will be a circle. Let's just Sophie. I think that's the new plan. Okay. Okay. Andrew, Excellent. what do you got for us today? Right. So today I wanted to talk about bioregions and bioregionalism. Uh, it's a philosophy slash movement slash way of viewing things. It's, it's a lot. So today we'll be exploring what it is, where it came from, and the role I see it playing in our strides towards anarchy. But first, of course, we should probably get some context. 
bioregionalism. Have any of you heard of it, by the way? Mm -mm. I, I mean, have heard the term heard of in bio relation. Regions. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. So it's actually pretty recent, um, all things considered. Um, it was coined as a term by a guy named Alan Van Newkirk, founder of the Institute for Bioregional Research in 1975. And as a movement, it really gained a lot of popularity in the late 1970s in the Ozarks, Appalachia, Hudson River, and San Francisco Bay Area regions. Um, they had a conference in a prairie, interestingly enough, near Kansas City in 1984. And they've also had conferences in the Squamish bioregion of British Columbia, as well as the Gulf of Maine bioregion on the Atlantic. And of course, with all these different people coming together, sharing all their different ideas, talking about cool nature stuff, they developed a sort of a platform, which they outline in papers on subjects ranging from agriculture to forestry, to art, to economics, to community. So while it was a very North American-focused um, movement and philosophy at first, it has also expanded to Europe and Australia. And these groups, there are hundreds of them all over, um, they get involved with local ecological work like preservation and restoration, permaculture, all that. And they also form networks, so they would link on specific issues like water conservation or organic farming or tree planting. And, of course, bioregional groups also get involved in attempts to make communities more self-sufficient by mapping and utilizing local assets. And, well, as you'll come to see, um, bioregionalism and maps kind of go hand in hand in a way um, because it really is about that sort of big picture looking at the earth and the environment and our place in it. So what is bioregionalism exactly? In essence, it's a philosophy based around the organization of political, cultural, and economic systems around naturally defined areas called bioregions. So what are bioregions? They are areas defined through physical and environmental features, including watershed boundaries, soil and terrain characteristics, flora, fauna, and climate. Bioregionalism also stresses the determination of a bioregion is a cultural phenomenon and emphasizes local populations, local knowledge, and local solutions. Because humans are actually, surprisingly, part of nature. Our cultures, our settlements, they arise from nature. They arise from the characteristics of the bioregions that we inhabit. So, I mean, that to me is a clear bridge between bioregionalism and land back. And it also points to me um, the fact that while bioregionalism may be a fairly recent philosophy slash movement, its roots and the ideas it presents are nothing new. You know, um, I mean, bioregionalism posits that, you know, human societies must learn to honor our bioregions and the connections between them if we are to be ecologically sound. And this perspective is really old news, you know, for the indigenous peoples who have maintained these lands and um, been stewards of these lands for thousands of years. I think that thinking in a bioregional scale allows us to establish regenerative and circular economies, effectively restore local ecosystems, restructure our systems using ecological design principles, and of course, deepen our cultural connections to the land we inhabit. So 
that to me really stresses the importance of bioregionalism in our approach to environmental issues. Um, before I continue, I just wanted to say that for those who want to like visualize, because I know this is a podcast, you can only hear my voice. Um, One Earth has a pretty decent map of bioregions on their website. So you could just Google bioregions 2020 and it should come up. They basically have like 185 bioregions on their map. And well, according to that map, Trinidad is part of bioregion NT21E, NT standing for Neotropic and E standing for East. And Trinidad is grouped with um, South America and particularly the Venezuela Guyana's region um, for obvious reasons, being that the Orinoco and other rivers that come from the Amazon flow out to, you know, Trinidad's shores, really. So, clunky segue, um, there are a couple different concepts that one might want to keep in mind when approaching or attempting to curate a bioregional understanding of the world. Of course, perspective and a bioregional perspective is important, and it's basically one that seeks to ensure that political boundaries match ecological boundaries, highlighting the unique ecology of the bioregion, encouraging the consumption of local foods where possible, encouraging the use of local materials where possible, and encouraging the cultivation of native plants in the region. I will point out, like from now, that from what I've read about bioregionalism and the talks that I've seen, there are definitely some, you know, liberal sensibilities, some capitalist realism um, in the way that some bioregionalists talk about, you know, things like organizing our politics and our states and stuff around bioregions. Um, obviously, you know, they are pushing things pretty far because they do talk about, you know, going and really orienting our economy around, you know, bioregions and thinking in terms of that. But then at the same time, there's still like an almost passive acceptance in some of the readings that I've seen of capitalism. You know, I think that's pretty common in a lot of what I like to call almost radical um, ideas and philosophies and stuff. Of course, when I approach these ideas and these philosophies and stuff, I always try to, you know, keep that anarchist analytical framework in my head, understanding that, you know, these ideas uh, are still being filtered through an ultimately like capitalist society and capitalist world. And so you're going to want to try to navigate that and sift that out and really get the nuggets of gold within these ideas. I don't see states, um, and I think you all would agree with me, being the path out of, you know, utter climate catastrophe. Um, for those who have been reading, like, you know, Against the Green and, you know, Graeber's work, you would know that states have been pretty ecocidal from their very inception. So, 
I think that if bioregionalism would be effective, I think it would be best if it stayed away from that sort of statist um, conception. They do emphasize localism um, as the you know political localism, but it's always within the context of, or it's often within the context of like the relationship between the local and the state and that sort of thing. Almost like a kind of, I don't know if I'm using this term correctly, but like minarchism. Does that make sense? Or is yeah. it some kind of, or is it some kind of like municipalism or something like that? But yeah, yeah. We should probably talk a little bit about like <clears throat> what what minarchism and municipalism are, um, just so people don't get kind of caught up on the terms. Um, and, and particularly, I think that like within. Uh, a context of like the United States um, municipalism is kind of an easier way to sell folks who may be more conservative on certain anarchist principles. It's basically the idea sure. of yeah, strong community sort of control and autonomy um, as opposed to uh, uh, strong overarching kind of federal or state control over, over uh, you know, different communities. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, minarchism is kind of like a weird grab bag thing that's like... Yeah. It's it's, it's sort of like, okay, so you want to be an anarcho-capitalist, but you can't because you're just smart enough to realize that you can't have property rights without a state. So either the minarchist state Mm -hmm. is the only thing it does is enforce property rights. And yeah, I think that's a slightly terrifying vision. But I think, you know, it's... it's, Yeah, I think it's... it's, a bit more self-aware than the average anarcho-capitalist. Yeah, but, you know, this is... Yeah, and I I think (laughs) municipalism is is less of a focus specifically on property rights and more of... more based out of an understanding that, um, like, strong hierarchical federal uh, or even state-level control um, generally winds up creating a lot of... a significant amount of, like, regional... um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, inequalities um, and and is responsible for a lot of like ecological devastation and whatnot this idea that you can have like like one of the things that you would have with an actual municipalist system is you wouldn't be allowed to operate a company like Coke Industries that's able to um, you know be based out of I think Kentucky um, but operate a series of refineries in the Gulf Coast that uh, render large sections of that area uninhabitable because you would leave kind of uh, control over what can be actually done in that area to the people who live there rather than being able to have um, a corporation buy land there and have its right to pollute enforced by the state, right? That's kind of like one little example. Right. Um, there's right. municipalist – the system in northeast Syria and Rojava is is sort of a municipalist system and one of the things – Specifically like, libertarian municipalist though. Yeah. Because I mean yeah. there, there's a distinction between like municipalism sure. more generally and libertarian municipalism. Yeah, we're we're getting into the weeds a little bit here, but these are these are like that's kind of the basics of what those terms mean, just so that people don't get lost when you when you bring them up, because I think a lot of folks, um, you know, uh, don't uh, have necessarily that kind of those definitions don't just pop up in their head when you use that word. Right. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I also mentioned that states um, have been ecocidal from their inception, so I feel like I should probably trying to find that as well. Um, ecocide and ecocidalism is basically um, this idea that came out of the environmentalist movement um, 
meant to point to the severe harm to nature, the mass damage and destruction of ecosystems that's, you know, caused over decades by, you know, these companies and really by the system as a whole. So it's often viewed through like a legal lens as in, you know, these um, companies should be tried for their crimes um, and as like for committing ecocide and that kind of thing. So it's, it's often viewed like as like a legal, like law should be put in place to classify ecocide as a crime and that sort of thing. Um, only a few com- um, countries have done that, like actually codified ecocide, but it is something that um, some environmentalists push to, you know, really raise awareness of as a crime against humanity and the planet. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Father's Day is coming. A day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us. To crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian Cocktail Maker? It's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all-natural bitters, so Dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin. Not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! 
High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumber5Casino.com. High Five Casino. Yeah, I think it's also kind of important to understand with ecocide is that, like, there's a lot of focus, I think, in, like, left, like, environmental movements just purely on corporations. And even if you go back to the, like, 100 companies meme, just, like, 100 companies destroying the planet, it's like, well, yeah, like, like, half of them are state-owned. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, and this is something, like, like with ecocide, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's not just corporations that do this, it's... You know, it's it's the the state as a structure. It's the state as an institution. It's the state as exactly. Yeah, it's their agencies. It's their sort of. And that's that's what, like, when I try to like. Sources. What I realize is is kind of important now, and I guess this is kind of like slowly like shifting away from bi-regionalism, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> what I will say that I've tried to like consciously um, sort of put into practice is emphasizing that like capitalism is not the only issue you know um like yeah. i notice people like try to separate capitalism and the state as if they could ever truly be separated even people who understand that you know anarcho-capitalists are misguided and that you know the state is necessary to maintain capitalism there's some sort of like disconnect where there's like a whole ton of you know organization and memeing and all that about capitalism and you know oftentimes these sort of efforts are like particularly with reformist types and unions and stuff they try to mediate with capitalism through the state you know through the government local local government or federal government whatever the case may be and what i really try to emphasize is that it's not enough to have like a theory of capitalism i think it's even more important to have a theory of hierarchy because I think it avoids, it helps to avoid getting into these sort of traps of like, um, well, class reductionism for one, but also like recreating certain structures within your organizations and in your efforts to change things, recreating the very, you know, circumstances you're fighting against. You can't like, condense everything into one problem because try as we might it's not that everything is one problem it's an interconnected mesh that binds all of our problems together and you can focus on you know really big extensions of that mesh but it still is kind of just the mesh and the mesh isn't the thing but it connects to the edges of all of the things and yeah that type of ecology can be useful and even even relating to bioregions um in terms of how they also connect with other territories and entities i think it also you know i mean this is one of the sort of problems that you have if you know it's like okay so your plan is to take sort of sovereign state power and it's like well you do it right but i mean the thing is if if you if you you know you seize control of power of a state right your borders are essentially just like where the state's war machine ran out of steam and, you know, and this, this becomes an enormous problem because, like, 
I mean, if, if, if you look at the bioregional maps, right, it's like there's there, you, there's literally no way you could ever have states with these borders. No. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like this. It's, it's, it's impossible. Like you, just, you, you, you cannot do it. And, you know, what that means is that states are sort of necessarily going, well, they're either going to be like a small fraction of a bioregion or they have multiple in them. And that's another sort of, that becomes a sort of logistical problem because, you know, like if, if you want to look at like a lot of the worst sort of ecological sort of like human disasters it's when you get states attempting to apply like states you know, logic it, to environmental issues yeah yeah it's more specifically like it's it's you know they, they have something that like sort of works in one test environment and then they broadly apply it across it you know an enormous sort of variety of yeah areas and regions yeah. that have their own biospheres and have their own and that stuff that's like that's like the fastest way to kill an enormous number of people yeah i just <laughs> like like yeah. forcing a jigsaw piece that obviously doesn't fit into a spot where you want it to, but you're just breaking the pieces. I just want to say as well that like that sort of I mean at least the states are testing it, right? Um I remember I can't remember the exact name of like the the sort of like ideology or whatever. I think it was like this early Soviet Union, probably one of y'all know the name. This early Soviet Union practice related to like farming that they just applied over like a vast, vast region end up with like a huge decrease in like food production. I can't remember the name of it. Lysenko. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just had this, he had this theory and he was just like pushing it. And yeah, it led to some serious issues. Yeah, and I think, you know, if, if we're going to talk about like what's important about sort of bi-regionalism, it's you have to have, if, if you're going to implement anything right you, you you know especially when you're trying to sort of manipulate biospheres you're trying to preserve biospheres you have to have local knowledge from the people who have been living in these biospheres for you know enormous amounts of time and that's something that states are really bad at and you know tend to actively suppress and it's something you know and i, I will say this there, there's 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 a kind of like there's like a kind of neoliberal version of this stuff where it's like oh we'll do no we'll have like local knowledge blah blah, blah. and then they're like well, well we'll have local knowledge uh uh, but they that this will help them create market solutions to things. It's like that also doesn't work at yeah, all. You know, it's basically just them trying to marketize, like yeah. But because that, that that really like sits that doesn't sit well with me, you know. Like yeah, these the sort of like you see like and you see a lot of liberals like doing it a lot these days, where they'd be like doing the whole land acknowledgements thing, and they'd be doing the um. That thing where they would just like say that, oh, this is from so and so culture and whatever, and then just like boom. And it's then carry, yeah, <laughs> car- carry on with business as usual. Yeah. Which is like, I, I learned this technique from so and so tribe. No. Let me work as a consultant for your company. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, it's it's commod- it's commodifying the thing. And yeah. that that both produces a warped replication and then it also kind of makes the original thing seem like used in a weird way as well like it wasn't designed tainted yeah 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 i'm also reminded a bit of alienation and how we are just sort of separated from you know aspects of our actual humanity because of the structures we live under right so instead of relating with the environment or relating with our culture or relating with other people, 
we're just relating through like these commodities and these products and these, you know, just bastardized versions of things. And um, I think that is also something that sort of plagues like some environmentalists. It's almost this, this, it's almost like this subtle alienation from the nature that um, many of them seek to preserve, right? Where on the one hand, yes, you're trying to, you know, preserve it and protect it and that's commendable. But on the other hand, the way you're going about it is basically like antithetical to those goals because you don't have that connection with the nature that you're trying to help. You know, what I see like a lot of people not recognizing is that, you know, humans are a part of nature, right? And this is another bioregional concept, right? This thing called bioregional re-inhabitation in, in being that, um, meaning that we must come home to the geographical and biophysical terrain we inhabit, understand its ecological uniqueness, and familiarize ourselves with the stories woven into the fabric of said land. Its history, its peoples, its cultures, its flora, its fauna. You know, it's only once we come home to our bioregions and to our ecosystems, to our places, that we can really work together to see its potential, to see how we fit into it, how we can facilitate its healing, you know, bioregion by bioregion. Yeah, that definitely mirrors stuff I've been working on relating to that type of like cognitive dissonance that you're talking about and that alienation, not just from like human to human, but human to inv- human to place. Because yeah, we have like developed this like this commodified othered version of nature that isn't actually what nature is. Um, yeah. It's 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 we've formed this thing that is separate from us, which is not how we need to think about it because it should be we are all part of the same of 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 that same system we are not separate from it and we're not isolated from it or its effects we are just another part of it so it's about getting in like getting a sense of ecology with both your bioregion and then the biosphere as 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 a whole and getting that ecology which kind of will break down this notion of nature being an other and and I think because of the idea of nature being another, that really kind of fosters our extraction. That's led to like our our, our current problems because we don't view exactly. the problems affecting us. We view them as a as affecting the territory. And if we're if if we're not the territory, then we can be safe. But that's not the exactly. case. Exactly. Exactly. There's also. We... Sorry. Go on. I think I think I may have talked about this on the show before, but you know, th- there's another aspect here, which is that viewing humans as sort of like separate from like this abstract nature is how you get a lot of really bad like racist environmentalism like i, I if, if you haven't read the yep. trouble with yep, wilderness yep, yep. by yeah croning the trouble with wilderness is one of the things that like if, if you, you study if you, yeah if, if you do environmental studies at all like this is one of the first things they hand you and the reason they hand it to you is because it you know, so like we, the, the the image of wilderness that we have is this sort of like, oh, it's this like completely untapped thing. And it's like, well, yeah, OK, so the, the reason the reason we have this image of like a wilderness with nothing in it is because there used to be people there and we killed them all. Yep. Or forcibly yeah. deported them. Yeah. Right? Like and when the Europeans you know, pulled up on stuff in North America. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's oh and, and gosh, specifically like. Untouched wilderness. 
Well, and the, yeah. Those forests were literally planted and cultivated. Those forests were, I I think, even more pointedly, it should be stated, those forests were a work of engineering that's on par with the pyramids at Giza, if not like massively in excess of it. They They are a work of engineering that's every bit as impressive as any city ever built um, and every and bit then, is like intense and required as much knowledge and scientific understanding people just all we had all of those people had died by the time white folks yeah. got well, there it, generally it's, because it's, of the it's, spread of disease or just because I of think, act like yeah like i I, th- I think that's true especially in the east coast but like with the west coast i think it's even grimmer because the west coast you, you and this this happened you, you still see this where like a, lo- a lot of like the american national parks were literally like like people would go in and ethnically cleanse the population that was there, yeah, and then be like, "Oh, hey, look, it's it's now wilderness. This is now, and this this is like the origin of of the environmental movement. It's all of these like, just like the most racist people you've ever yep. seen in your life. Like, yeah. people <laughs> literal like, fascists. Like, yeah, well, and even 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 before them, like in you know, like like early nineteen early eighteen hundreds, like nineteen or, or late yeah, eighteen hundreds, no, nineteen hundreds, people like those guys, the late eighteen hundreds. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. like when 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 those guys are talking about like the purity of the wild, like they're everything they think about the wilderness is also just about the purity of the white race, and it's it's. Awful. Yeah, and and if, I, if if when when you start making that this like that the separation between humans and nature like that's that's how you get this like that's how that's how you get these you know ethnic cleansing like genocide yeah, forests. Yeah. I, I, I've been reading this very good book. Uh, just started last night, and I think we're going to have the author on the show soon. Uh, Chris Begley. He's an underwater archaeologist, and he wrote a book called The Next Apocalypse. That's about collapses throughout history and how they actually differ from the popular conceptions of them. And he actually talks about a lot of the stuff we talk about in this show. Um, And one of the points he makes is that this idea of like lost cities in dark jungles and whatnot um, is based entirely on misconceptions, first of all, about like what jungles are. And then second on like the, these, these very Eurocentric ideas towards what lost means. Like he points out that every time there's been a lost city or civilization discovered, it's because archaeologists just like ask the people living there where the ruins were. And they're like, oh yeah, it's like right over there. Like we, we've known about this since forever. It was never lost. We just stopped <laughs> living in that specific area. And the other thing he points out is that like this idea of a jungle as like a difficult and primeval place is ridiculous. If you had to pick anywhere to be stranded in the world of, in terms of bioregions, you would pick a jungle like the yes. Amazon because it's pretty easy to survive there. That's why people live there for so long. Like, yeah. There's and a ton of, of the Amazon. The <laughs> yeah. Amazon was, you know, as we've discovered, you know, there were cities and stuff happening yeah. in the Amazon. You know, it was like a planted, yeah. cultivated There's place, food you know? jungle, like food forests and whatnot is the term people use within the yeah. jungle. Like people set the ju- people set the jungle in the Amazon up to provide them with food in a way that isn't exactly, isn't the same as like what we consider to be agriculture, but is absolutely a yeah. kind of agriculture. And because people don't see it as agriculture, it's just like, oh, oh well, that's just, you know, they were just running around in the forest before we arrived, you know. It's like, hoo-hoo. Yeah. No, they had they had essentially built themselves a big smart house in, in the middle of uh, <laughs> the woods that provided them with everything they needed um, with upkeep that we would consider minimal based on, like, what a lot of our European ancestors certainly, like, did in terms of labor to keep farms going. Like, if you compare... I mean, you could also talk about how like peasants in the medieval period probably worked less than a lot of people in the United States do today. Yeah, like everyone works less than we do yeah. now. Like, <laughs> but it's a lot harder to keep like a monoculture farm going than it is to to keep a food forest going. 
Um, yeah, because I mean, once it's established, it literally maintains itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what was the name of the book that you were talking about just now? Uh, it's called it The up. Next Apocalypse, and it's it's very good so far. Um, Chris Begley is the author. I think we're going to have him on next week. But um, yeah, I've, I've found awesome. it so far about a third of the way in. Very good. Awesome. I'll check that out. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride. Raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin. Not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. 
Okay, who wants to say we're back? You just did That's it. the intro now. I know. That's <laughs> the intro. You brought us back, baby. Turn. That's, That's the exit and pivot. You're welcome. Here we are. Awesome. So yeah, once we have like embraced our understanding that you know we belong to the land and not vice versa, and must therefore pattern ourselves and our societies based on its needs, um, you know that's when we get to that place of bioregional regeneration, which is another key concept of bioregionalism. And lastly, there's the concept of bioregional sensibility, which was developed by Mitchell Thomasu, and it's about developing the observational skills to observe the bioregional history, to develop the conceptual skills to juxtapose, you know, the scale of, you know, the community and the region and the, bio re the ecosystem, the bioregion, all these different levels, the ability to like think in terms of all of them, to develop the imaginative faculties to really, I would say, play with multiple landscapes and to develop the compassion to empathize with and work with both local and global neighbors, not just local and global human neighbors, but also, you know, the flora and fauna living next door. There are a lot of different um, bioregional practices happening all over the world. Um, I did note that it started in North America. But I noticed that a lot of the big projects are happening in like South America, you know, in Brazil, Sinaldo Vale, uh, in Costa Rica, Regenerativa, same thing in Colombia, Regenerativa, and the Annapurna Pluriversity in the Himalayas as well, and many others. They're basically engaging in efforts involving applied education, regenerative agriculture, systems mapping, green belt restoration. There's the, you know, the green belt project in Africa as well. And these are all efforts to really understand and work with the bioregions that these people inhabit. So just a few tips that I wanted to end this off with, you know, before we end things off. Um, I always try to link um, the things that I talk about in some way to what people on the groups they're part of, the organizations they're part of, the communities they're part of can do, you know, as an action to strengthen their resilience or to develop, you know, autonomy, right? In this case, it is to strengthen resilience and also to develop the vitality of the bioregion you inhabit. So first of all, I think it's important that we learn as much as we can about our areas and learn especially through action. Um, whether it be through cleanups, you know, observing the space around you, whether it be through observing weather patterns, um, whether it be through looking at the, going on hikes and looking at the way that the temperature changes and the texture of the soil changes as you go up and down in um, altitude. I think it's also important to try to get involved with actions to, um, restore natural features and to understand the place that those natural features have in the broader bioregion. Of course, there are lots of sustainable projects happening all over the world. You know, if they aren't any in your area, um, be the change you want to see, start one, make it happen. And 
really also, I would say, find ways to link projects for environmental sustainability and restoration with projects for human emancipation. Find ways to like support access to you know basic human needs within your locality. To find ways to sort of because when we speak of bioregions and you know living within our bioregions and so so on and so forth, that's all well and good. But if, for example, your region has to import a whole bunch of food all the time to support the population, I think there needs to be ways to. Um, decrease that sort of import and to find ways to um, live sustainably within the area. Raise awareness, of course, as well um, about bioregional thinking, systems thinking, social ecological thinking. And yeah, just get to work, anti-work work, prefiguring the structures of a more horizontal, bioregionally ethical and sustainable way of life. And of course, disrupt the projects that get in the way of those goals. And I say that as tentatively as I can to avoid legal trouble. That's it. Take care, everyone, and be kind to every little thing. Peace. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails, done. Outfit, stunner. And my skin? I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.